This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Iron. The Arizona Cardinals select Kyler Murray. And the 2019 Offense Rookie of the Year is... This year's most valuable player, Lamar Jackson. Alright guys, welcome back to the Established the Past Podcast, presented by Touchpoints and our friends at Blue Wire. I'm your host, Blake Lovell. With me is my co-host, Dylan Reagan, and we're back here to make our picks for Week 15 of the NFL season. And uh, Dylan, uh, as I told you before we started recording, uh, we should do this one via video because uh, I am in full newscaster, sideline reporter mode right now. Uh, as I have told you, I am uh, I am moving, and so where I'm, I've got everything just all over the place, and uh, I don't have my microphone on the stand or anything like that, so I'm actually holding it um, like I am doing a very long news report. So uh, this is just going to be a lot of fun. I feel very professional doing this now. So yeah, the I, I guess the power went out at the news station, so now they got to just soul in on you for 45 minutes or so, and just got to keep going and going. But yeah, no, I really I, I can imagine it now, but you know yes. it would help to have the video. This is definitely one where. I could have made for some quality content. We'll try to make up for it, though, and uh, everyone else will just have to imagine you there with gonna, your, uh, <laughs> your sideline reporter get up. I'm going to channel my inner uh, you know, NFL broadcaster here. I'm going to be standing here. I'm actually sitting, but I'm just going to do it in a very professional tone uh, until we get to our betting locks. Uh, then all professional tone goes out the window. Uh, but as usual, uh, we will get into our picks. Of course, we only did uh, – this is our only one episode this week, but as I mentioned, I am moving, and that's why – uh, we had to kind of throw everything into one episode this week. But uh, before, I guess, we, we dive into things, uh, Dylan, uh, anything, any huge takeaways for you from uh, Week 14? Obviously, they're the biggest game of the, the year to this point with the Ravens and the Browns. That was uh, pure insanity. Uh, but anything else that stood out for you? Yeah, that obviously did. is just uh, so fun to watch that. And for I know for the Browns fans, there's no, as they kind of asked, Coach Stefanski after the game. There's no moral victories, but I feel like, you know, for a, a team that after week one, the way that they lost that game to the Ravens, to go from there to here and see the progress they've made, I feel like, you know, this is what all you can ask for as an NFL fan is for your team to be in, in the thick of things. They still got a great shot at getting the playoffs. Otherwise, I mean, impressed with the Bills' effort. I'm disappointed with what the Steelers did. Uh, you know, they had some injuries on defense, which definitely uh, hurt them. But what they were able to do moving the ball, it's been a struggle for Pittsburgh moving the ball the last few weeks, and that trend continued. Otherwise, uh, my NFC East, uh, uh, my dream of two teams making it seems to be gone after the Giants lost. But Washington yeah. chugging along, we both uh, we both picked that as one of, uh, you know, both picked Washington to win that game as an upset. So nailed that one did not nail uh the betting locks i believe the lions kind of covered last second 
we both have the Saints as well, the Eagles. I mean, Jalen Hurts yeah. did not look fantastic, but, you know, got the job done. Uh, he, he looked good. I wouldn't say it shouldn't be critical. I mean, he got the, you know, did what they expected of him. It really felt like the rest of the team stepped up and played with more emotion than what we've seen in a while. Now Philadelphia has a shot, and maybe the last takeaway is our uh, collective team on this podcast, the Miami Dolphins, even though they lose to the Chiefs with all the injuries they had and still the fight back late in that game. Uh, definitely impressed with what Miami did. Obviously, a lot of teams aren't going to lose to Kansas City when they are able to score three touchdowns in a span of what, like six football minutes. But nonetheless, uh, the Dolphins and a team kind of like the, uh, the Browns, it's fun to see these teams that for, you know have been down for a while. Uh, maybe not this year. Are they either Dolphins still in it? It's interesting now with the Ravens winning whether they'll even get in the playoffs. But nonetheless, two teams uh, going up in the right direction. Excited to see what they can do for years to come. Yep. Speaking of uh, the Dolphins, they did play the Chiefs, as we said. And uh, we're going to start with the Chiefs uh, with our game of the week. Uh, the Chiefs at the Saints. The Chiefs are three-point favorites in this one. And, uh, Dylan, this was your Super Bowl pick, wasn't it, uh, going into yes. the season? Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, yep. Mine, if everyone remembers, was the Chiefs and the Cowboys. Uh, one of these looking better than the other right now. And uh, the Chiefs, as I said, uh, they are the favorites here. And uh, I will pick the Chiefs in this one. Um, the Saints, uh, we were talking about this before we started recording. Without knowing Drew Brees' uh, you know, status and all that, I think the Saints losing that game for the Eagles kind of changes your opinion a little bit uh, about the Saints heading into this particular matchup. I think had they beaten the Eagles by a couple touchdowns or something, uh, we may have even leaned towards the Saints here. But uh, picking the Chiefs, uh, I know they you know, had their own struggles at times against the Dolphins, but – I uh, just feel like the Chiefs probably are going to be able to find a way to, to get enough done here uh, to get a win. Yeah, I've just kind of adopted that philosophy of not picking against Kansas City for a while here. I'm uh, going to stick with it even against the Saints, even though I believe in my Super Bowl pick, I have it going the opposite way. We'll see uh, as the Saints get healthy, as Drew Brees comes back from what we were talking before the podcast. So it's, uh, even though Drew Brees is back designated for practice, it really does not sound like he's going to go in this game. After the, Especially after that loss to the Eagles, now that they are tied with the Packers, they lose that tiebreaker if they end up tying for the number one seed. It's going to be a little bit more of a battle for them to get up there. The Packers don't exactly have a murderer's row of uh, opponents left. So the Saints might be coming to terms with the fact they're likely going to have to play a wild card weekend. going to be healthy as possible. Great test for them uh, for a defense that in New Orleans, uh, you know, at times gave up some things to, to Philly that we haven't seen from them this season. Uh, Philly, as we kind of you know mentioned in the little takeaways, they uh, definitely came out with the most urgency and the best uh, at least effort that I feel like we've seen from them in a while. So that's part of it. But I mean, this is a whole different test for a New Orleans defense, which has been so, so good this year, still ranking second in DVOA. So to see the number two offense in DVOA and the number two defense, that's going to be a treat. I just, on the other side, I mean, Kansas City's defense uh, has been pretty solid overall. Yeah, they're not dominant by any means, but I think they should be enough to slow down uh, New Orleans. Uh, New Orleans, if they do win, it's going to come because I believe they're going to be able to run the ball effectively. That is still, again, the last three years is a running thing with the Chiefs. Uh, where they've not defended the run that well. It'll be really important for New Orleans to get a lead. But, again, it's the Chiefs, and we just saw what happened uh, in that game against Miami where they can just score so quickly at will. It just happens in a flash before you you look away if you're you're watching red zone, and suddenly they've already put up all those points. That's the factor that, you know, at this point is the reason why, for me, if I could switch that Super Bowl pick, I'd probably pick the Chiefs. It's it's a really hard team to pick against. You have to do so many things right to win. The Saints, maybe they can, but... at this point, Kansas City is the, the best team in the NFL that we've been watching the last few weeks. Well, the worst team in the NFL that we've been watching uh, for the entire season has been the New York Jets, uh, and uh, 
that leads us into our betting locks of the week. And uh, Dylan, we made a pact here a couple weeks ago that <laughs> um, I don't remember what game it was, but uh, you went with the double digit again. It really hasn't worked out well for us this Packers season. Jags. That's right. Packers I, Jags. I think it was Packers Jags. <laughs> Um, early in the season, we hit on a couple of those double-digit spreads as our betting locks, but we made a pack that we're not going to go back to this. Well, I break in the pack now because uh, I watched the Seahawks play the Jets uh, this past week, and I decided that, you know what, I think a 17-point spread uh, here with the Rams. Uh, the Jets are at the Rams. Rams 17-point favorites. I feel good enough about that, that even getting a push I would be okay with because I think the Rams win this game by at least 17 points. The Jets uh, are just a terrible um, I think this is sort of after that game um, last week against the Seahawks. I think this game may not necessarily be as bad. Uh, I think you'll probably bring up uh, maybe your hesitation with even looking at one like this uh, just because of the Rams and maybe kind of how they grind out some of these wins. Uh, but I don't care. It's the Jets. And I I looked around and, you know, there were some others I considered, but this was the one I felt the strongest about just because the Jets are so bad. And so I'm going to go with the Rams here. Minus 17 uh, is my betting lock of the week. I mean, it's certainly possible for how bad the Jets are. They're still only 4-9 and nine against the spread with all these huge spreads that teams are having uh, with them as the underdog. So they haven't exactly been great at covering those, whereas the Rams, you know, even though they haven't really blown a lot of teams away, that was kind of my one thing going to this, looking at that spread. It's like, man, they, they don't seem to just completely dominate too many opponents. A 21-point win over the Patriots, obviously – uh, notwithstanding, but the Patriots, you know, only scored three points despite a number of trips into the red zone. I do, I'm picking the Rams, obviously, to win this game. I don't even know if that needs to be said, but um, I, I tend to feel like they can cover. If it had been 14 or 15, I might have done it. I feel like the 17 numbers may be, like, right on. The way that the Rams win by, you know, 20, 30-plus is if they score a couple defensive touchdowns, which is very possible. They have a third-ranked uh, defense in DVOA. They've been so good against the pass and the run. Uh, not really that the Jets can do either well. They're down at last place in DVOA. So on that side of the ball, it's just going to be such a mismatch that – you feel like things are going to be set up well for L.A. The only thing the Jets, if they do anything well, as we've talked about, it's not something that really you need to do all that well in the modern NFL if you can't stop the pass, and that is the run. They've stopped the run pretty well. The Rams love to, to get their ground game set up for Goff to do some things to the air, uh, but I, I still think they're pretty bad defense. We've still, still seen Goff when they have to throw like the Tampa Bay game. He's he's definitely evolved, and their, you know, their sets are evolved with what they do uh, with more protection for him. They, the Rams should win by 17-plus, but, uh, yeah, I'll just keep it as a regular pick for me. This game, though, on ESPN's power uh, football power index, the biggest mismatch that I think we've seen all season, they have a 93% Rams, which is, I mean, not, yeah, only 7% for the Jets. I don't know if I've seen one over 90% yet, so, man, that's – that's, it's tending to tell you there's a reason why the spread is as high as it is. <laughs> Maybe that's not such a bad pick. Maybe I'm a little more confident after that stat. Um, but I, I can't say this is my most confident betting lock uh, of the year, but I, I do feel pretty confident about this just because, again, uh, we, we've gone to the Jets and the Eagles a lot this season, and for the most part it's worked out. We've had, like we said, some of those double-digit ones that haven't worked out so well. I think I picked the Bills when they were big favorites against the Jets. That didn't happen. Mm -hmm. uh, but the Rams are at home here, and I think that uh, as we've seen what the Rams have been able to do in recent weeks, uh, aside from that, that game against the Niners, uh, I feel pretty good about them uh, maybe pulling a similar uh, Seahawks uh, that we saw uh, this past week. Dylan, your betting lock of the week, uh, maybe a little bit more. Uh, I did consider this too, but maybe this is a little bit more uh, reasonable in terms of the actual point spread. 
The Bills are six and a half point favorites at the Broncos. Um, and, you know, the Broncos, they're coming off that, that win against the Panthers. But look, I mean, we've said it all season, the Panthers have been so up and down. Uh, you don't really know what you're getting from them. But I think the Bills, you know, we've seen what they're able to do. Uh, this is a pretty good team. And uh, being able to win this game by a touchdown in Denver uh, seems like a pretty good possibility there for, for Buffalo. Yeah, the defense is starting to improve. Obviously, what happened against Pittsburgh is partially due to the Steelers' own struggles. But I do believe Buffalo is getting a little bit, you know, realizing the guys that they do have on the team have gotten healthier over the course of the year. Some guys have come back. So that side, I feel like that's solidified enough that I'm not – I don't expect Drew Locke to do what he did to the Panthers on Sunday um, and putting up such big numbers. They didn't. They only went up one spot in DVOA with that performance, which really shows you the quality of the opponent that they were doing that against. And on the flip side, it's really, yeah, it's about it's about what's happening, though, with the Bills' offense. They're clicking on all cylinders. Uh, they've just been absolutely amazing. Uh, Bill, Josh Allen, obviously, uh, the main reason, but everything from the offensive line, the running game still could has a little bit to be desired, and I think they could get right in this game. Denver's defense has been pretty good against the pass. They've struggled um, more so against the run, 25th in DVOA defending the run, so maybe we'll see Zach Moss and Singletary finally make their fantasy owners smile a little bit, because mostly it's been on the flip side where, yeah, even without John Brown in there, and when they get him back, it's going to become even more dangerous, but man, the Buffalo, I, I just feel so good about what they've uh, been able to do on offense. Brian Dable, their offense coordinator, getting some buzz now along with some of these other coordinators uh, for some of the head coaching, uh, the mini head coaching vacancies that are already there that are going to be there even more so after the season. So, man, yeah, I mean, at this point, uh, you're t- thinking of teams that have a chance in the AFC Buffalo. I mean, that maybe was a battle for second place in, our, in terms of our mind of who the second best team is. I don't know if they for sure surpassed the Steelers since they beat them, but I do feel like they maybe are the team that would have a better chance against the Chiefs at this point, just in terms of, you know, the match blow for blow with uh, with the offense and the explosiveness, because uh, you, you have to put up points against Kansas City, and I do think Buffalo, uh, obviously in this game, I think six and a half points is something they should be able to do against Denver as they continue to build and try to, you know, clinch. I think they win. Yeah, if they win, they, even though they do get Miami um, in Week 17 and could lose in Week 16, but uh, if they win, they'll clinch their first division since the mid-90s, which is pretty crazy. Yeah, that is, uh, that's wild, but uh, who knew that the uh, the intriguing AFC East, uh, how how crazy things get this season uh, from the Jets being as bad as they are. The Bills, uh, as we said, being pretty good. The Dolphins uh, certainly have uh, exceeded expectations. And you got the Patriots, who almost feel like uh, maybe the least talked about team in the division this year, which is uh, very interesting, uh, all things considered. So uh, let's jump into our upsets of the week. Uh, before we get to our quick picks, uh, our upsets here, we will start with mine which is, um, you know, I, I just mentioned a minute ago, I picked the Cowboys to make the Super Bowl. Obviously, that's not going to happen. Uh, way long mm-hmm. away from uh, those expectations. But uh, they are three-point underdogs at home against the 49ers, uh, who, um, you know, have, have played well at times. They, they've been up and down. We know their situation, sort of like the Cowboys. Uh, big injuries early in the season have certainly had an impact on what they've been able to do. I don't feel confident about either one of these teams. Again, I mentioned a minute ago, I know the 49ers got the win against the Rams there, uh, you know, several weeks ago. But at the same time, I just think both of these teams, I don't really know that you ever know what you're going to get from them. Um, And so I will go out and pick the Cowboys here. I don't love this pick. Mm -hmm. Um, There were some others that I considered. Uh, We'll talk about them in a minute. But uh, this is just one that, that has a pretty low point spread at three. Uh, I think the Cowboys could win this game, uh, so I'll take the Cowboys here. Yeah, for uh, you know all the things that <laughs> the reasons why maybe Dallas can win, I just 
I haven't seen that even though the Niners aren't necessarily a good team, I just feel like they're still a lot better than their record. They're still 14th in DVOA right there between teams like Tennessee and Washington, Chicago, Arizona. They're not exactly uh, falling off in, in terms of their efficiency and some of the things that we've seen from them. They struggled with, obviously, when they can, can't protect Nick Mullins like they did against, weren't able to against Washington. It really breaks down what they want to do on offense. I just don't think they'll have those same problems against Dallas. I think they're going to come in at this point as a team that's still, even though they're not going to make the playoffs at this point. They, yeah, they do have those two wins against the Rams. Kyle Shanahan kind of has had um, McVay's number the last couple of years. But just in general, it's a, a team that still has, despite, you know, they've had all these injuries, but overall still has a lot of uh, things going forward. And I just really trust Shanahan more than most uh, play callers at this point to figure things out, especially against a really bad defense. Their defense in San Francisco is still 10th in DVOA, a lot uh, tougher opponent than what Dallas just got in Cincinnati. So you combine all that stuff, uh, we got fo- uh, the ESPN's football power index has the Niners over 70%, which is pretty big for a three-point spread. So feel okay about this one, but I hope for your sake you get it just to get that uh, that upset uh, streak going. Uh, yeah, the upset streak for both of us has not <laughs> been so great this season. Uh, maybe I should have went out on a limb there, picked some of the bigger spreads that I considered. Uh, we'll, we'll see if I can talk myself. We got myself Washington in. last week. Uh, I know. And I, we'll, we'll see. We'll see if I can talk <laughs> myself into one of these before uh, we officially <laughs> Um, you know, in, in our picks here for week 15. We'll see if I can maybe make a move there up uh, to switch that around with another one. But uh, yours, uh, boy, here's talking about a game with uh, expectations. Uh, good luck trying to figure out the expectations for this one. The Bears are at the Vikings. Uh, the Vikings are three-point favorites in this game. Um, I will pick the Vikings here as the home team, but uh, this is going to be your upset pick of the week. Um, I just, again, I, I can't say, you know, I'm going to say I disagree with you because there should be no expectations for either one of these teams. Uh, we've said it all mm-hmm. year long. They've been very inconsistent. You don't know what you're getting with either one of them. Um, so uh, basically for me, it's flip a coin. Uh, I'll take the Vikings. Yeah, it's it's a weird one for sure. And I, I, I'm picking the Bears uh, just mostly because of what we saw, not just from – their defense against a, a Texans offense, which was doing a lot of good things before they ran into Chicago and only gave up seven points. So, I mean, that's part of it, but it's more so I just feel the, uh, the mental side of things for Minnesota. Uh, they really played, like, early in that game. They could have had a decent lead against Tampa Bay. We didn't really talk about that game, but huge game for playoff implications. And early on, they were playing really well, just could not punch the ball in the end zone. You started missing extra points and field goals. So all those kicks from Bailey, it was Brutal to watch, and Viking fans, uh, my dad texted me, he was uh, driving at one point during the game, listening to Sirius XM radio to the Vikings announcers, and he's just like, they sound so depressed right now, like, they're yeah. playing this game so well, it's just not, it's not going in their favor, it's, it's weird for a team that, still DVOA-wise, they're all the way at 18th, despite being 11th in offense and 12th in defense, they're close to being the fourth team in the NFL behind just the Saints, Bucks and Rams to have a top 10 offensive and defensive DVOA. But the thing is they're almost there's 31st in special teams DVOA, which has such a huge part. It plays a huge role. It's not even just been, uh, you know, the field goal kicking. We've seen them have a n- number of punts blocked. They've had really bad punt, like just bad coverage, everything on special teams. Uh, we talk about the chargers as being uh, awful on special teams. And sure enough, they are the one team ranking worse in DVOA um, there than Minnesota, but Minnesota has been just as bad. Uh, mentally, I think that loss was just – you feel like you win that game against Tampa. They're tied with them. They got all these tie breaks going into the last few weeks. They feel like they're going to be able to make a run. Instead, it gets away from them. I just don't know where they mentally are here. And, yeah, I'll pick the Bears just based on where that defense has been. Their offense has looked uh, 
pretty good the last few weeks. Minnesota, a tougher test as we saw them struggle against them uh, moving the ball early in the season. But you have Trubisky there. I don't know. Like you said, it is a kind of a weird game, but not one that's insignificant for all the – this is the, the, the joy of the uh, of the extra playoff team we get this year yeah. in each conference is that both these teams – uh, the winner of this of this has a you know a, a shot to still get in. The loser's probably out, but the winner could be tied with Arizona for that last wild card spot. Um, so not an insignificant game in terms of what's on the line. Yeah, my betting lock for the playoffs is if either one of these teams win, um, or even one of these teams get in, uh, I'm not I'm betting that they're going to lose their first game. So uh, <laughs> just in advance, making betting locks in advance. I don't even know who they're playing, but. I just I don't trust either one of them, so that that's that. But uh, probably the probably yeah. the Saints or the Rams. So, yeah, yeah, not so, going to happen. Sorry, not out in there. Uh, before we get to our quick picks uh, for the rest of the games, let's tell you about our friends over at Indeed. Uh, 2020 has reshaped how we work, uh, and businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical, and that's where Indeed is here to help. Indeed, the number one job site in the world with more total business than any other job site, according to CompScore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control, payment flexibility over your hiring process. You only have to pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. And now, Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. 73% of online job seekers in the U.S. visiting Indeed each month, uh, and so it's clear that Indeed can help you get the quality hire you need, and that's why more than 3 million businesses worldwide are using Indeed for their hiring. Right now, Indeed, offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. So try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. It's their best offer available anywhere, so go right now at d.com slash bluewire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms, conditions, apply. Let's also tell you about our friends over at Pepsi. Uh, thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment uh, or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they join another league, and that is the League of Football Watchers. This football season has been different than any other, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch. Because right now, an ice-cold Pepsi may just be the best part about watching the New York Jets. Uh, Pepsi, the refreshment you need to power through any game day, because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. All right, Dylan, our quick picks. Uh, Let's start with the Chargers at the Raiders. Raiders are three-point favorites at home. Uh, you kind of teased uh, before we started recording. You almost picked the Chargers here, but then you remembered that the Chargers were the Chargers. Um, and picking them to win, probably uh, not something that has always been good for you here on the podcast, and we've seen uh, how they've lost some of these games. I will I will bring this up real quick. Uh, we go back to, to last week. I thought it was hilarious uh, on Twitter with uh, the was it the Chargers or the Falcons. One of them did it. Um, where they, they did the meme where they're basically looking at each other. And I thought oh, that was one of the best tweets on any on any subject of the entire year, basically having these two looking at each other as a mirror image because we have said that so many times in this podcast, that the Chargers and the Falcons are the two teams that you always look at and say they're going to somehow find a way to lose the game. And, of course, we saw how that game played out. And, uh, boy, that, that was I think that was as perfect a game you could have. Uh, but I'm not going to pick the Chargers here. I'm going to pick the Raiders. 
Yeah, I, I think if the Raiders had beaten the Colts and there was uh, this game would maybe have set up for more of a letdown for me, and I might have picked the Chargers, which is kind of weird to say after the effort we saw against Indianapolis. Um, but since, I mean, the Raiders need now at this point, they basically have to win out and get some help to get into the postseason. The game against the Chargers early this year came down, if you remember, to the last second. It looked like Justin Herbert threw a game-winning touchdown and ended up the receiver was – just out of bounds, but the Chargers, you know, even though they beat Atlanta, I'm not going to take too much away from that. They've been, you know, basically regressing as the year went on. The Raiders still a team that on defense is it's a mess. I mean, on offense, it's it's been still pretty efficient. It's still ranking pretty high um, on that side of the ball uh, in the in the top half of the league. But even there, they've regressed some. But uh, I just trust the Raiders a little more. I don't trust either team that much at all. And yeah, just not quick on that game. It was I, th- I was really rooting for a tie. It was perfect that both teams threw interceptions to each other in the last couple of minutes. It was like no one wants to win this. Yeah. I thought for sure they weren't going to make that game-winning kick. Of course they did. But I, the Chargers already had Chargers as hard as they could in the first half when they had that uh, that debacle on what was like third and one with 22 seconds left, no timeouts. They run the ball, don't get off the field, don't even get a field goal attempt. It was uh, – that's the that's why that's how you rank last in DVOA, folks, right there uh, yeah. on special teams. That's it. Uh, yeah, those two teams, uh, very similar. Uh, but uh, the Raiders were picking here to beat the Chargers uh, in week 15. The Panthers are at the Packers. Packers, eight-and-a-half-point favorites in this one. Surprising that neither one of us really considered this as our lock of the week. Uh, our betting lock because uh, eight and a half, you know, would seem kind of low based on where the Panthers are at. But mm-hmm. um, the pa- the Packers defense is just not very good, and um, they haven't been great. And I think for the Panthers, who you know, as we've said, they're they're going to be creative on offense. Uh, they kind of had to be uh, without Christian McCaffrey on the field. Um, and I just I feel like this is a spot where obviously I'm going to pick the Packers, but I feel like you just never know kind of how the game's going to play out sometimes with the Packers at this point. But uh, you still feel pretty good about Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams probably finding a way to win the game. Yeah, they've surpassed the Chiefs as the number one DVOA offense. I mean, by the end of the year, they're probably going to be one, two. There's a reason both teams are uh, at this point favored to meet in the Super Bowl. Um, but yeah, it's. I mean, I I thought about it maybe for a moment as the as a as a betting lock, but the, the Packers have kind of struggled in some of these games against the spread uh, last week, including with the back uh, the Lions able to cover at the end of it. Uh, so, yeah, and I feel way better about Green Bay, obviously, at this point where they are. Uh, the defense, though, and the special teams still are, uh, you know, they're 26 in special teams, which is a lot lower in DVOA than I thought they would be. They're behind, uh, uh, even though they're first, and at this point the number one seed in the NFC, they're behind a couple teams, in, or three teams in New Orleans, Tampa, and the Rams in DVOA uh, total. So, I mean, they're still a team that, at this point, I think, obviously, the buy is just so big this year compared to past years, not only because you get that extra week of rest, but um, obviously, the the home field and different things. Now that that number two seed that we're used to that meaning so much. Now, even if they win, they're still coming off of having to play a game. It just gets a little tougher. So Green Bay, maybe they're in the best spot to get to the Super Bowl from the NFC at this point, uh, having that auto, automatic uh, basically victory with the bye. But I just, yeah, Carolina, like you said, they, they were able to move the ball, do some fun things. They're ninth in offensive DVOA. I still feel like they're going to be able to put up points. I feel like Green Bay will put up a, a ton as well. So, I mean, it, you know, we'll see what the weather is. But right now, over under 51.5, I'm probably hitting the over, even if the weather's bad. I just, you know, at this point, it looks like it's partly cloudy in 36. That's not bad for Green Bay in December, really. Uh, so expect a lot of points, and it, we'll say, yeah, Green Bay winning by eight. So exactly right on that, uh, on that mark there. Yeah, uh, should be should be interesting one there, as we said, two teams that probably put up points. Uh, we'll see how it plays out. Uh, Bucks at the Falcons. The Bucks are six point favorites on the road uh, against the Falcons. Um, you know, again, I I didn't really consider this one as a strong. 
opinion just because, I mean, I'm picking the Bucks to win, but the Falcons, man, you just don't ever know uh, sometimes, uh, especially, you know, they're at home. We know their offense can put up points, although, as we said, just the inconsistency is there. Um, I, mm-hmm. you know, again, I, there's no way I would be able to trust the Falcons in the spot. You're probably going to trust the Bucks over them, but it's another one where I, I could see, obviously, some points being put on the board here. Um, and again, a divisional matchup uh, late in the season. You know, kind of we we always say that. It seems like we get those those weird results sometimes with those. Uh, but uh, I'll pick the Bucks here. But it could could be an interesting game. Yeah, I, I feel like these teams always seem to play kind of weird games. Uh, obviously, in past years the Bucks haven't been nearly as good as they are now. But they always kind of competed with Atlanta when the Falcons were you know making that Super Bowl, having uh, better rosters out there. So, yeah, I'm picking Tampa Bay for sure. Uh, obviously, they haven't quite clinched the playoff spot. We need a lot of different things that happen to clinch this week. But they're getting really close, basically all, all, all but assured to get one of the wild card bursts, probably the sixth seed at this point. And not a team you're going to want to face, though. They're still ranking second in total DVOA, despite, uh, you know, they're having five losses. All the teams around them are, you know, three losses, one loss, two loss, all that kind of stuff. So uh, it's it's been an interesting year for them. I mean, last week, it, it's, it's funny because, again, even last week's game, you might have thought watching that they didn't look great. But in the second half, they really did come on. The defense started and uh, inflicting its will. And I do think they will cover. I just, yeah, the, to say it's a lock, if, if I'm betting, I'm, I'm picking Tampa Bay to cover this. I do feel good enough about where they are in offense at this point and uh, defensively what they can do against Atlanta. Atlanta, though, like you said, really inconsistent. We never know what we're going to quite get. But if I'm picking, I, I think Tampa is able to cover that six-point spread. Yep, should be able to do that. And uh, I think the Titans should be able to – Cover the ten and a half point yes. spread. Uh, they're at home against the Lions. Uh, I mean, we we talk about inconsistent teams. The Titans certainly among that group, uh, based on what we've seen uh, over the past month or so, I guess. But at the same time, it seems like uh, not really sure if Matthew Stafford is going to play, and if he doesn't, uh, I feel like the Titans at least you know get get a bump up in that category. So ten and a half, a little too high for me from, from a betting standpoint, but. Um, at the same time, if Stafford doesn't play, you feel like the Titans should be, and especially on offense, like the Titans should put up any number they want here. They should be able to pick their number on what they're going to be able to score because, as we said, Lions defense is not great. Um, so I'm interested in this one. Obviously, Dylan, as we talked about the podcast, I picked up the Titans. Uh, they are going to be my defense <laughs> in the clutch point fantasy semifinals, uh, which I know is uh, a sore subject for Dylan right now. We are not going to have. <laughs> The rematch from last season where Dylan and I met, he beat me, got to the championship. Unfortunately, Dylan, uh, that is not going to be the case for you this season. However, I will try uh, to continue the legacy here on the podcast of getting to (laughs) the championship, uh, and I'm going to try to use the Titans defense to get there. Yeah, it, well, it will really help you if uh, Stafford's not playing. If he is playing, I feel like, uh, yeah, offensively for Detroit, they still were able to put some uh, good amount of points against Green Bay. They've been moving the ball, been doing some good things on that side, the 13th in DVOA. So his status is going to go a long way, I think, to, to your final result there. I do think the Titans will win. If, if he's not playing, they'll for sure cover. If, if he is playing, I think the over-under, just like the, the Packer game, 51-and-a-half, I'm going over on that. I mean, Tennessee – for all, you know, third in the offensive DVOA, they're all the way at 26 on the other side of the ball. We saw what the Browns were able to do against them. Obviously, the Browns just did that to a much better defense 
on, on Monday night, but I, I still think Tennessee's defense is the, the one liability that's holding them back from really being a top contender because that offense is so explosive, so versatile in what it's able to do. It's like, as we've talked about since last season, as much as they do set up the, the, the pass with the run more than a lot of modern offenses do, I still think Tannehill can get the job done, especially against Detroit. They're going to put up a lot of points. They should be able to win pretty easily. And then, yeah, in fantasy, man, I'm just happy that I, I, you know, I looked back at my bench and I'm like, even though I had a lot of guys that scored pretty high, even if they had put, played all of them, which would have right. involved Tim Patrick over Terry McLaurin or, or uh, Adam Thielen, that kind of stuff, which I would never have done, I still wouldn't have won. I, I added all the – if I had played all these three other guys or four other guys on my bench that had pretty good games, Cam Akers among them, and it, was, it still didn't come out. So I was like, well, you know, at least I knew my fate was settled despite my, my uh, seemingly awful roster decisions for the game. But – Yep. Uh, at least now I can just watch the football. And, you know, for you, yes, for the podcast, hopefully you win. For, I think this is the first time in the four years of our Clutch Points League that Willie's made the playoffs. So I know he's he's gonna, definitely going to be trying to put up a good fight there. Well, listen, I'm not, if, if Stafford plays in this game, I am not playing Titans defense. I will go out and pick <laughs> someone else. But remember, yeah. my defense is the Saints, and there's no chance I'm playing the Saints defense against the Chiefs this week. So um, yeah. I may have to pick up someone else that I don't exactly love. But – um, I may love them a little bit more than the Titans. It's a great segue here in fantasy because uh, that brings us to the Texans at the Colts, and the Colts are seven-point favorites in this one. And uh, speaking of my fantasy championship hopes, uh, I am going to be playing three Colts in my starting lineup, Phillip Rivers, Jonathan Taylor, and T.Y. Hilton. Uh, so as you can imagine, Dylan, I'm picking the Colts to win this game almost out of uh, trying to wish it uh, into reality because I really need the Colts to put up some points here, but I don't think that's going to be a problem. Because uh, the Texas defense, as we've said many times, uh, not the Texas defense of old. Uh, these two played, uh, what was it, a couple weeks ago. Uh, they both yeah. were able to put up points. The Texans were almost in a position where they should have won that game if they wouldn't have, uh, was it the fumble mm-hmm. late in the red zone. Uh, so I, I expect this, we talk about the divisional matchups, I expect this to be another pretty good game. Uh, although I just don't think it's a situation where uh, you're going to pick against the Colts here. Yeah, I think the Colts bounced uh, back from barely winning that game a, a couple weeks ago against Houston. I think they're going to put up together a much better effort. I think they will likely cover this seven-point spread. Houston has played them better, but I mean, they just, against the Chicago defense, which is pretty close to the Indianapolis in terms of its defensive rankings, six and seven in DVOA, uh, those two teams. So, uh, yeah, I'm picking Indianapolis for sure to win. Um, in terms of your fantasy uh, likelihood, uh, pretty good opponent to, to be facing for this because, yeah, Houston's defense is – it's got a lot to – it's one of the, the least deep defenses in the NFL, which is saying something. It's down. I mean, we've looked at the, the teams that it's ranking next to are, are teams that you, you feel like, at least in Jacksonville and Cincinnati, we knew they are going to be really bad on defense and rebuilding Detroit, even a little bit of that. But Houston is a team that, man, it's, it's crazy all these years of contending for playoffs, making the playoffs, and now – this is the product they have. I know, again, they, they barely lost to Indianapolis a couple of weeks ago. I don't think we're going to see a similar result. I think Indianapolis wins this one comfortably, and hopefully for you, that means, yeah, a lot of fantasy points for those Colts players. My, how the tables have turned here when we go into the Patriots at the Dolphins. The Dolphins, two-and-a-half-point favorites here at home. And we remember back, Dylan, it was last season, um, the same scenario. What was it? The Patriots were, what was it, 20 Three, twenty-one, twenty, 21, 20 oh, somewhere in there. Week, I want to say week one. Yeah, it was like 20 or week two, I guess it was. But yeah. yeah, it was like, I think it was 19 or 20, maybe 21 at the most. Yeah, I was going to say, I remember it was very high and look what happens. Uh, a, you know, a season and a half basically later, um, man, this is the Dolphins uh, as the favorites here. And 
guess what? Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and spoil it. We're both going to pick the Dolphins here, um, which is uh, interesting because we saw how well the Dolphins played against the Patriots. Um, I mean, excuse me, against the Chiefs last week, and you expect them to be able to kind of carry over some of that momentum here. But I just think in the grand scheme of things, Dylan, to even think about this right now, the Dolphins played that well against the Chiefs. Uh, the Patriots now on deck, and we're, they're the, the Dolphins are the favorite in this game. Uh, the Chiefs and the Patriots have been kind of the two teams that have battled it out the past couple of seasons, we know, um, sort of that AFC supremacy. And yeah. now it's like, look where the Dolphins are at. Um, it's it's crazy to think about, but, man, um, Miami's the pick here. Yeah, I, I'm picking Miami as well. I think this is a – obviously they beat them last year on the road. Week, or I think it was week one this year that it was a close loss uh, in Cam Newton's first start there. Uh, I think Miami's grown since that game. They started one and three since then, obviously seven and two in their last nine, including the, just a loss to the Chiefs, which is uh, – and they kept it close by the end of the game. Uh, we saw what we saw from New England last week. Maybe they'll – I don't anticipate them to put out that kind of effort as they did against the Rams. I think they'll uh, look better for sure with the extra rest. That could help them as well. But I think Miami definitely gained some confidence. This defense – is really just keeps getting better and better, and I'm really excited to watch what they're able to do against uh, against this New England attack, which is just still still leaving a lot to be desired. Lack of weapons, whatever you want to say. It's it's thing. It's interesting to me. These two teams are in the, both in the top three in special teams DVOA. They're two teams that when they have won some of these games, they've really relied in, on their uh, special teams quite a bit. Uh, Miami has been obviously amazing, but we've seen New England the last couple of weeks with uh, Gunnar Olszewski, I believe is how you say his last name. He's been you know, a revelation for the, for New England yeah. uh, returning the ball. We just saw Hardman get a punt return touchdown against Miami. So if, if New England does win, I think they're going to need to win the special teams battle. I just don't see it happening. I think that Miami at this point, and that Miami also knows, obviously, tied for the last playoff spot in the AFC with Baltimore, a huge game for them. Um, as they continue to battle uh, their way because they still have Buffalo and then the Raiders left. So it's not an easy slate for Miami. I think they are able to rally and get a W here at home. And uh, New England, just even during that whole this whole era where Miami's been completely dominated uh, in, by, in the division overall, just the one division title the year that Tom Brady got hurt. I mean, they have played out of all these teams in this division. They've probably played the Patriots the best. I would have to look at the, the stats, but I feel like the Patriots have had a number of years when they were much better than Miami and went down there and yeah. uh, lost. Maybe, maybe it'll, it'll help that the players can't really go out uh, right now. But <laughs> nonetheless, I do think there's that fact where Miami has, you know, they're better, but they're also, this is a place where they have done fairly well against the Patriots in the last 20 years. Seahawks are coming off of that huge win against the Jets. Uh, they are five-and-a-half-point favorites on the road against Washington. This was uh, one of the uh, couple games that I almost considered mm-hmm. as uh, an upset pick for the week. Uh, I initially picked Washington, but then I changed it back to the Seahawks. I just don't think we're going to see that scenario play out with the Seahawks like we did against the Giants. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I, even though, I mean, as we said, Washington's won four in a row here. Uh, they're on a roll, and I, I still think, though, that this is kind of that game you expect the Seahawks to find a way to win. But if they don't, man, this uh, this NFC East has really become uh, quite a division here if uh, Washington is able to get this win because uh, that would be five in a row uh, for Ron Rivera. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the key will be what Washington can do on offense because, I mean, Seattle, as bad as they've been on defense, they're 19th in DVOA. It's not like they're one of the worst defenses in the NFL for all the bad things we've said about them. So Washington has to put up points. They still, even in these games, even against San Francisco, like they didn't really move the ball well. Their defense scored a touchdown, set up another one. Like they've 
they've kind of carried them a lot with the, you know, with their, what they've done on that side of the ball. The offense did do some good things at the end of the game against Pittsburgh, giving them their first loss, but that only happened after Washington was able to keep it close. So I, I don't know. I'm picking Seattle as well. Like you said, I, I did consider Washington. I, still love their defensive line. I love the speed they have, and it's going to be a big test for Seattle because, I mean, this is one of the best pass uh, defenses in the NFL and DVOA second, only behind Pittsburgh. Um, so, man, it's it's going to be a tough test. I just feel like you said, I just don't see Seattle coming out with that same kind of effort. I think they're able to get the win, but I will not be shocked by any means if Washington continues to do what they've been doing the last few weeks, and that's uh, playing great defensive football, doing just enough on offense and uh, scraping by with some wins. I think you probably would be shocked if the Jaguars went on the road and beat the Ravens um, because the Ravens were 13-point favorites hey. in this one. Um, <laughs> I I didn't consider this one. You know, I, I think we always talk about kind of that potential letdown spot after a, you know, a game of the magnitude that we saw with mm-hmm. the Ravens and the Browns. Um, and, and as we've said, the Jags have kind of been a team that's kind of played thorn in the side to some teams this year, even though, uh, you know, didn't play great against the Titans. But, uh, they've still been a team that's played pretty well uh, against good competition at times. So uh, you could see this, I think, just because the Ravens' style, you know, maybe they're not a team, as we know, that's necessarily going to come out and, um, you know, may, <laughs> I say this like they just scored 47 against the Browns. But uh, I think it's a it's a different type of game, it feels like. And, again, I think there's always a potential letdown after coming off a high like they did against the Browns. Uh, but, again, nonetheless, uh, I'm picking the Ravens here. Probably win by double digits, and they should probably be able to, to cover this spread. Yeah, they should be able to, but hey, never never question Gardner Minshew now that he's uh, still starting. Jets fans are excited about that as they hope that uh, Jacksonville gets one more win to make it a little easier for them to for sure get that number one pick. But no, I, I mean, yeah, if – I mean, we saw what Baltimore did against the Browns for defense. It's it's not it's not great. It's definitely better than Jacksonville, but their back seven is pretty bad. So, I mean, that's that's one part where you look at Jacksonville, a team that has been one of the worst pass defenses in the NFL. Baltimore should be fine. Hopefully, for the the Ravens' sake, they found something here. I mean, a lot of it is, is it was Lamar just pulling out. It wasn't even like things from last year where they looked like a well-oiled machine where they were just constantly dominating opponents. Uh, this when they put up all those points on Monday night, it really felt more like. At times, there's just Lamar <laughs> making something out of nothing uh, and able to, whether it be using his feet, buying time, uh, mistakes from some of the defenders. I think, yeah, but for their sake, I mean, huge win to really elevated Baltimore's playoff odds by almost 30 percent, uh, according to Football Outsiders, that victory against uh, Cleveland. Just a huge, huge win when you look at some of the tiebreakers and things that they need to happen. Uh, so, yeah, I think I, I'm not too worried about too big of a letdown. I just think, yeah, like, and uh, the thing about uh, – the Ravens right now is they still are banged up on defense. The defense has not been as dominant the last few weeks. So maybe Gardner Minshew is able to put up some points. I still think Baltimore wins by double digits. It's just too much, too much talent, man. Well, we talked about flipping our opinions of the Dolphins based on where they're at now. Hard to believe that I almost flipped my opinion this quickly on the Eagles, uh, who I was padding my, my betting lock of the week spot uh, as the one that come out on the losing side for many weeks this season. However, I almost picked them here uh, on the road against the Cardinals, who are six-and-a-half-point favorites in this game. I don't know why. I just think, you know, again, when you see a team do what they did against the Saints, uh, you've got a new quarterback, you've got sort of that confidence, that momentum. Uh, Finally, you know, you're feeling great about yourselves as a team. 
And you play a Cardinals team that is sort of an up and down, although I think one thing you point out, Dylan, was they, they did convincingly beat the Giants who, you know, beat the Seahawks and we've kind of seen what their defense been able to do. Um, so I think that makes you feel a little bit better about the Cardinals here, and that's why ultimately I picked them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't know. Like like you said, too, I think this is all about how Jalen Hurts plays because this is a road game. Uh, again, I know there's no fans, but uh, it's a little bit different setup, and obviously, you know, it's a, it's a different situation coming off of the win, and now the expectations mm-hmm. all of a sudden they go much higher, and uh, I think it's how you handle that. So it's, it should be an interesting game, and, and hard to believe I'm saying this, but uh, this is actually one I'm pretty intrigued in uh, just to see uh, how the Eagles yeah. bounce back here. I mean, there's a ton on the line, too. Arizona, like we kind of talked about with the Bears and Vikings, they're only one game ahead of, of those teams for the final wildcard playoff spot. But then also for the Eagles, they're only a game and a half behind Washington. There's a decent chance if they win this game and and uh, Washington loses to Seattle that we're going to see those teams play for the division title in Week 17, which feels like every year there's an NFC East title game uh, in Week 17 for the honor of losing in the wildcard round. But nonetheless, um, <laughs> I do think Arizona will win this game that uh, – ESPN's football power index has this as a 78% win for Arizona. That's pretty high for, um, you know, for uh, given where I thought it would be with how Arizona hasn't been necessarily the most steady team. Yes, they, they played one of their most well-rounded games of the year. Their defense uh, elevated all the way to ninth in total DVOA after that one. That's, I mean, for everything about Arizona, if, if their offense can, you know, some of these ruts that they've gotten into this uh, later as the season has progressed where it doesn't really seem like they have the same – uh, level of creativity and just different things they're doing in the passing game that we saw maybe early on. Uh, it seems like they'll just kind of rely on DeAndre and, and Kyler just to make a play rather than really doing some of the things we expect from the Cliff Kingsbury offense. If they can keep the keep figuring that out, they become a scary team. But I, I yeah, I think it's the defense that is for me the reason why I, I just worry that Philadelphia is not going to be able to find the same luck now they're traveling on the road. Uh, you know, I won't be, again, like you said, I won't be shocked if, if Philadelphia wins, but I just, I feel like at this point, Arizona is the better pick, and I feel like they should win if they play their their best, because, I mean, obviously, New Orleans uh, did not necessarily put out their best product on the field in the first half against Philly. We mentioned the Giants. Uh, they are hosting the Browns, who are four-point favorites in this one. I think it's sort of a a similar scenario here, and I almost picked this as another one that I mm-hmm. consider as an upset, because... Uh, the Giants, as we said, they, even though they are coming off the loss to the Cardinals, we have seen them play well at times over the past several weeks. And then for the Browns, I think it's the it's the flip side of the Ravens where you lose a game like that, all the emotions, just the insanity surrounding mm-hmm. the game uh, of that level, and now you have to come back against a stingy team in the Giants uh, who, as we said, we've seen what they've done against you know a team like Russell Wilson and the Seahawks. Um, so I, I almost did it, but then I thought about it. I'm like, well, Dan, Daniel Jones, is he's banged up. And I, I know that Colt McCoy, you know, against the Browns, like they could still be fine. Uh, but we, we've seen and almost feel like the Browns have certainly turned a corner based on how they played uh, here this season. And so I think even with the Browns here as four-point favorites, it's hard to pick against them here, even, even against the Giants in the spot. Yeah, as much as I question Cleveland's uh, ability on defense and really outside of their uh, front four, the, the back seven needs a ton of work. And they, I think in the offseason that will be one of the biggest things we'll see from them because, yeah, they seem to have figured it out. Otherwise, the offense, uh, for all the things we've said all year against their performances against uh, good teams, they finally, you know, Baltimore maybe not at their best. And obviously there's a moment there where it's with Lamar out of the game uh, with his cramps or whatever it ended up being. But nonetheless – 
I think that's, you know, Cleveland showed us something with what they're able to do against Baltimore's defense, even with the guys that are out. They elevated all the way up to 10th in offensive DVOA uh, with that performance. Uh, I don't think it's, on, and it's not just as early in the year and parts of the season where we felt like it was really them relying on the run. Baker's not just, you know, it's not just that he's being put in better situations. He's still making, especially in this last game, making throws and making decisions, making plays with his feet that we just haven't seen uh, quite as much from him. They've done a great job with his development this season. And um, I still, I'm still not convinced he's, uh, you know, in the top tier by any means, or even tier two, or however you want to tier your quarterbacks. But I think he's good enough. Um, I think his team has too much belief. I think they're, no matter what would have happened in that game, I guess you could be worried about a letdown, even for the loser of, of that game. I think they're going to come out better. I think they're going to come out and be able to win this game. I don't know about handily, but. Uh, I was surprised with the ESPN's football power index has as close to a coin flip, only 53% for the Browns. So maybe, yeah, in the spread-wise, maybe you can tend to, to pick for the Giants to cover at this point. I just I, I feel a little bit better about Cleveland is uh, because of that one side of the football. And I just don't think the Giants have the firepower to exploit the issues that the Browns have in the back seven the way that Baltimore did. Well, I do think the Steelers are probably going to be able to exploit the Bengals here because uh, the, the Steelers are 13-point favorites and. Uh, another one that you probably could have considered as a betting lock uh, just because the Bengals, we saw kind of what they looked like on offense last week against the Cowboys. Um, and so I think at this point, man, this is uh, – I feel like the Steelers' defense could, could sort of have a field day here uh, and be able to, you know, score a couple of defensive touchdowns potentially. Um, so, I mean, look, there's no way you're picking against the Steelers. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, this, this doesn't seem to bode well for the Bengals. Yeah, I think it, it, you're the Bengals. I mean, you're always, especially this year, we're always going to not want to face uh, Pittsburgh with that defense. But I think after these back-to-back losses with a lot of people doubting how great Pittsburgh is, uh, a lot of people basically, you know, fulfilling all the things that some pundits said about Pittsburgh being one of the worst 11-0 teams of all time, all that kind of crap. Uh, I feel like that's going to really set in for Pittsburgh and it's just going to lead to them just letting out all of that anger on Cincinnati, a team that they dominated when Burrow was in. I don't think we, we just saw the, the Cowboys pretty much handle Cincinnati. I think it's going to be pretty ugly. I don't know how many points Pittsburgh will score, but I feel, you know, they, I still am not <laughs> completely convinced about that offense, but I think on defense, they're going to create a ton of trouble for Cincinnati and they're going to just completely dominate them in this game. Yep, should be a convincing win uh, there for the Steelers. And uh, that is it for uh, Week 15, mm-hmm. our picks here for uh, all the action in the NFL Week 15. And uh, Dylan, of course, will have everything covered over clutch points. Got a lot going on there. Uh, NBA starting back up uh, and uh, the NFL playoffs just around the corner. I'll let everybody know where they can find all that. Yeah, you can follow the NFL playoffs and the rest of the regular season in the Clutch Points app, as Blake noted, as well as the NBA preseason games and the regular season starting up here. You can read all of our NFL content, NBA content, and baseball content, still free agency in baseball, which unlike basketball and football does not move very quickly. So still a lot of things happening there. You can follow along with it in the app. You can go to clutchpoints.com, click on the NFL section for all of our NFL content there. We'll have a lot of previews of all these 
uh, games coming out as well as, well as coverage for all the things you need to know about uh, players and players not playing. Like, obviously, Christian McCaffrey, feel bad for all you owners that continue to hope he'll come back one of these playoff weeks. And sure enough, he's out again, uh, according to head coach Matt Rule. But you can look all, all that up on Clutch Points. Search fantasy football for all our fantasy content. We still have our waiver wire pickups. If you need someone for your semifinal matchup or if you're just trying to, to avoid going down in the toilet bowl at the bottom of your league, get those fantasy uh, pickups in there for you. Yes, uh, don't do not do that. Uh, big semifinal matchup coming up here. Um, so uh, everyone, uh, just be sure to uh, hope that the Titans can actually play some defense this week uh, because uh, I need them to, uh, to win some, some fantasy. Uh, yeah, check all that stuff out over Clutch Points, and, uh, yeah, be sure to subscribe to the podcast. Any podcast app you use, you can find us there. And uh, thanks as always to find folks at uh, Blue Wire for all they do. And thank you as always for listening. We'll talk to you guys next time here on the Established Fast Podcast. about uh, bet online uh, bet online uh, is the place to be because football is in full swing while you may not be out of game the rest of the year you can still be on the action at bet online bet online going the extra mile to make sure you get in on every possible chance to win the season from game threads and totals to team player and coaching props bet online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else uh, you can wager on wins division championship futures all day every day all you got to do head over to bet online today and take advantage of all their great sign up bonuses and don't forget, use that promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's promo code BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts.